Hello, everybody, and welcome to Penguins To Go, your daily dose of Pittsburgh Penguins news and analysis. You can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcast from. Let's say it plain and simply. I'm your host, Nick Berlansky, and last night was ugly. It was bad. A 7-2 loss on home ice to Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers. The Pittsburgh Penguins remain outside of a playoff spot. And instead, the Detroit Red Wings currently sit in the second wildcard position. Isn't that something? The Detroit Red Wings, in late February, right before the deadline, a playoff team. Pittsburgh Penguins are not right now. So the question then becomes, where do the Penguins go from here? I mean, last night was just a pummeling at the hands of the Edmonton Oilers. Connor McDavid goes out, scores four points, two goals, two assists. Both of his goals were, I mean, one was below the goal line, and he absolutely just embarrassed Tristan Jari with where he shot that puck from. And the second one was embarrassing to Casey DeSmith because it was in on a you know, in on a penalty shot, and I don't know. I don't know if I expected anything better, but I, I don't know if I expected him to look that embarrassed after that, but, you know, here we sit. The entire team, though, looked lifeless, despite being spotted a goal early on by Stuart Skinner. I mean, I don't know what Skinner was doing on that first goal, but the Penguins went up one to nothing on a goal by Chris Letang. And it was downhill from there, though. Outshot 14-3 to in the first period. The shot attempts were 25-7 to in that first period. And if you asked any of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and my colleague Nick Horwat did on several occasions, what do you have to do to slow this team down or, at the very least, try to keep Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid in check? Everybody said, we got to be uh, disciplined. Got to stay out of the box. This team is on a historic pace on the power play. Well, they took three penalties in the first period. Two of them ended up in the back of the net, and the Penguins just were on their back foot from there and just could not get anything going. It was not a pretty sight. There were fire Hextall chants raining down from PPG Paints Arena. There were very audible boos coming and being directed towards Evgeny Malkin, Sidney Crosby, Chris Letang, and the entire first power play unit because they weren't shooting the puck. Now, as Crosby stated after the game, that's their right. They pay to have their ticket. They can do what they want there. He's heard boos before. I've never heard boos from PPG Paints Arena like that. And it is what it is. The boos are, I mean, you saw the, you saw the game last night. You saw the performance on the ice by the team in black and gold. It deserved a boo. It deserved a couple, especially considering that's now their fourth straight loss in regulation. The fire Hextall chance, I'm not going to get into it too much. I understand it. Everybody's frustrated. This guy has botched this roster this season, and he hasn't done anything to try to fix it to this point. So, deservedly so that he got those chance. But I am going to say I, I hope I'm wrong, kind of. I don't want to call for a guy's job. I hate doing that. Although I've been doing it for the past couple of weeks. But I don't know if he gets fired before the end of the season. Not when you're this far along, right? You got the trade deadline in seven days. You fire him and all of a sudden anything you had cooking 
is uh is being taken out of the oven way prematurely. So I don't I don't know if he gets fired, but certainly at the end of the season, I would imagine that the Pittsburgh Penguins are looking for a new general manager. But after the game, the one thing that really caught my attention, because last night there are so many thoughts that runs through everybody's heads when watching this game, when whether you're covering the team, whether you're a fan of the team, whether you're just watching the game just as a casual fan. So many thoughts raced through my head specifically. And it was kind of cleared up by listening to Sidney Crosby speak to the media. That was the most visibly agitated I have ever seen Sidney Crosby when answering questions. And I you got to give him credit because through all of this stretch, he has been much more available to the media than he normally is. I mean, he's always there to talk to the media. But he is pretty much the only person that is answering questions about this team. And is that unfair? A little bit, because Sidney Crosby's having a fantastic season. You notice, when we put out the clips on Inside the Penguins on YouTube, not a lot of Jeff Carter, not a lot of Brock McGinn, not a lot of Kasperi Kapanen, Teddy Bluger, Josh Archibald. Those guys don't talk to the media as much. Part of that is because the media doesn't really gravitate towards them in the locker room when Sidney Crosby's right there, but a little birdie told me none of them were even in the locker room by the time they got there. Rushed out of the room. Which, after a game like that, I would want to, too. I would not want to answer questions about that, but props to Sidney Crosby, the captain, because he, he sat there, he faced the music, and, oh, he was visibly agitated. I want to play you a clip from Sidney Crosby's short media availability last night when he was asked about the situation the Pittsburgh Penguins are currently in. Here's the captain, Sidney Crosby. So how unfamiliar a position is this for you? And is it by, what do you mean? That you guys have been rolling for a long time. This feels like more than the ups and downs of a season. There's lots of season left and we're fighting for a playoff spot. So, you know, ideally we'd be in a better position, but we still have a chance to make the playoffs. So. It's, it's not easy to make the playoffs. I think we all realize that. Um, but there's lots of hockey left, so uh, I'm not going to talk about, you know, this position. It's, you know, it's the NHL. you got to compete and turn your way into the playoffs. And, uh, you know, we're not in a spot right now, but we still have an opportunity to make it. So I'm not going to talk about I'm not going to talk about it that way because that's, that's, that's not the situation. All right. I think it was fair to say that the defeatist attitude of that media member didn't rub Crosby the right way. Is is that fair? Because that's what I took from it. That, yes, it's a fair question to ask. Listen, you're out of a playoff spot right up to the trade deadline. It hasn't been a pretty season. You've gone through several losing streaks that are historically bad that this team hasn't seen the likes of in over a decade. Is it over for the Pittsburgh Penguins? And Crosby, the consummate professional, the competitor, is not going to roll over at this point of the season. And he's probably agitated that people expect him to answer any questions about potentially rolling over or this run that they've been on being over. 16 straight years in the playoffs. Crosby's not ready to give that up. And he shouldn't be. We all know Sid's going to fight for that last playoff spot 
until they are mathematically eliminated. And he'll still probably fight to get wins to say, we came very close and we tried to the very last second. That's who Sidney Crosby is. And why wouldn't he? I understand that it looked bad last night. They are one standings point out of a playoff spot right now. One. Say what you will about games in hand. I really don't care. One point. They play the Red Wings a couple times still. I believe they play the Islanders one more time. I might be mistaken. And Sidney Crosby was right last night. We control our own destiny. We turn it around. We win games. We're a play. We're in the playoffs. That's what Crosby was saying last night. And he's not wrong. You are one standings point out of a playoff spot. Last night was ugly. Don't get me wrong. Should it change the trajectory of what the front office does over the next week? Possibly. It might. When you get beat that bad on home race, that might change the mindset of the guy upstairs. But as far as the guys on the ice, their mindset doesn't change. Go out and win the next game. So Sidney Crosby was visibly upset. I struggle to remember a time where he was that upset. And if you want to see the full video, check it out on InsideThePenguins.com. It's on a couple of stories up there. Or you can check it out on Inside the Penguins on YouTube. The question then becomes, where do they go from here? You know, All eyes shift to the man in the booth, Ron Hextall, and also by association, Brian Burke. What happens? Because when I look at this team and when I look at them against a playoff team in the Edmonton Oilers, it seems like there might be too many holes to fill for them to be a Stanley Cup contender. And at the end of the day, that's the goal, isn't it? Like, that's the reason this team isn't rebuilding is because, hey, we have Crosby, they have Malkin, they have Latang, and they won another Stanley Cup. Not that they want to extend their playoff streak and want to get a series win here and there. No, they want to win a Stanley Cup. And it seems like there are just too many holes right now to fill in seven days to make them a cup contender. But that doesn't mean that they should just go into fire sale mode, in my opinion. That would be blatantly stupid, right? I can't classify them as buyers or sellers, and I don't think they should classify themselves that way either. What they need to do moving forward, in my opinion, have an eye on the future and specifically next season. There's people that want to say, you know what? You got to start building for the future. That's not what I'm talking about. Those people are asinine. You need to take this end of Crosby, end of Malkin career arc season by season. While yes, still having something in the back of your mind for the following year and maybe for the future of the organization. But with the two players like this, look to the next season. If you're not going to win this year, Look to the next year and focus your attention, your moves, your abilities on that year. The players on the ice are going to worry about this year. If you're the general manager at this point in time, seven days to the trade deadline, your team is not in a playoff spot. They're probably not going to make it out of the Eastern Conference that just continues to add weapons, a la the Boston Bruins getting Dmitry Orlov and Garnett Hathaway last night. Patrick Kane potentially going to the New York Rangers. I digress on that point. But the Penguins need to continue to give this team a chance while getting themselves prepared to be in a much better position with their roster next season.
How do they do that? Does that make them buyers? Does that make them sellers? I think it's a little bit of both, actually. You could sell salary and give yourself a more clean slate this summer to make moves. Everybody talks about, hey, it's a salary cap league. It's a flat cap league right now. Salary cap is king. Well, if you can give yourself more of a blank slate heading into the offseason, then you can change a lot more about this roster this summer than you can in the next seven days. I think that's why you look into selling potentially guys that have term that you don't want to have term and try to figure out a way to get their contracts off of your books so you can replace them in the summer. That's a Jeff Carter. That's a tough one to do. You know, full no move, has another year left. That's going to be tough. But if you can do it, do it. Brock McGinn, another player of that stature. Kasperi Kapanen, another player of that stature. Casey DeSmith, another player of that stature. If you can get these guys that have term off of your books, you can replace them heading into next season with a better player, which is what you should have done previously. Kapanen shouldn't have been signed last summer. DeSmith, I don't know what earned him a two-year deal. We said at the time there were no other backup goaltenders that were available probably at that price. Ah, It's tough. It didn't work out. And now you're stuck with him for another year at 1.8. Jeff Carter, we all know how that deal was. Horrendous signing by Ron Hextall. I could see him being a buyout candidate after this season, but again, we don't know. And Brock McGinn, that contract just keeps looking worse and worse. The players I wouldn't sell, guys that are performing well now, and you're going to have them off the books at the end of the year anyway. Jason Zucker. Yeah, you could get back a good bit for Jason Zucker. Are you getting back a player that's going to make a difference next year with term? No, probably not. You're probably getting back draft picks. You're probably getting back maybe a prospect that will be ready potentially by the end of next year, maybe the next year. You're not getting anything back that helps you out next year. So why take him away from the core this year while you can still give them a fighting chance? Don't trade Jason Zucker. It's a bad idea. Tristan Jari, I've seen this come out a couple of times. First of all, did you not see this team without Tristan Jari the past couple of months? I know he has his injury issues. I know that worries me about what extension he's about to sign. But the best route to having a good goaltender is still Tristan Jari. When he's playing, he's been very good. Now, notwithstanding, since he's come back from his last injury, he had a bad game against the Islanders. I wouldn't even classify that as a bad game. He had a bad third period against the Islanders, and then he had no help yesterday. Yeah, he could have done better in some situations. I didn't think he had a good game, but nobody had a good game for the Pittsburgh Penguins yesterday. So don't sell Tristan Jari. His contract's up at the end of the season, and you're probably looking to re-sign him. So either sell salary to give yourself a clean slate this summer, or... If you're going to buy, buy players that have term and are going to help this team next season. Right? Keep your focus on next season if you're the general manager. Make moves thinking about next season. Clean the slate 
by selling while continuing to keep the players here to give the Penguins a chance to make the playoffs or buy players that are going to have term and help you out next season. Don't sell the farm for a rental because this team's probably not going to do it. Anything can happen if they make the playoffs. But I wouldn't trade a first-round pick at the moment. I wouldn't trade a first-round pick before the deadline. If you're trading the first-round pick, hold on to it and trade that first-round pick in the summer for somebody that's going to help you out next year. Unless you can get that player now, which I don't think you can. Wait until next summer. Wait until the summer and sell it. I don't know. It's a tough situation. It's weird. And it's a shame because at the end of the day, they probably did waste a season for Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. A season in which Crosby and Malkin are playing at some of the highest level I've ever seen anybody in their age range play at. And then Chris Latang, considering the season he has had off the ice, is still putting together a relatively good season and only getting better as the season is starting to go on. But it's probably not going to be a Stanley Cup for them. So at the end of the day, that's a waste, right? Especially if they end up missing the playoffs, that is a complete and utter waste because the talent that they have shown this season, the ability that they have shown this season, and the lack of help that they have gotten from anyone below the second line. At the end of the day, Ron Hextall did not build this team well enough around them to be a winning team, and it's starting to show. I don't think that seven days is enough time to fix all the issues here. But if you trade off some of those bottom six pieces that aren't succeeding, that are under contract in the following years, Carter, McGinn, Kapanen being you know, the Hall of Fame class of people who should get traded, right? And and I feel bad saying Kapanen with those other two because those other two were much worse than Kat, what Kapanen has shown, which is crazy to say at this point of the season. But if you trade those guys off, give your young guys a shot. Is Valtteri Pustin somebody that's going to be able to help next year? Is Alex Nylander? You know, is Philip Hollander somebody that's going to be able to help next season? Ty Smith, he's an RFA. So is uh, Nylander, I believe. They're RFAs. Are they going to be able to help this team at the NHL level next season? Because if, if Nylander's not going to help the team at the NHL level next season, what are you, what are you wasting him away in the AHL for? Give these guys a shot, and who who knows? Maybe they come up, maybe they take over, and maybe that puts the Penguins in the playoffs and they can compete in the first round with a Carolina Hurricanes team. I don't know. Because we haven't been able to see what that looks like. Because those roster spots have been taken by players that don't deserve them at this point. But I digress on that point. I digress on all my points. It's an interesting situation for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Where do they go from here after an embarrassing loss to the Edmonton Oilers? I don't know if they're buyers. I don't know if they're sellers. I don't think they should classify themselves as either. I think they should go out there, try to not make this team any worse, while at the same time keeping an eye on next season and starting to build for next season because the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to need to make a lot of moves this summer to get back to where they need to be for Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Chris Letang in 2023-24. That's going to do it for this episode of Penguins to Go. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Remember, you can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcast from. That's it for this one. We'll see you guys next week.